Good evening, Hampton Roads, Southeastern Virginia, Northeastern North Carolina, internet listeners everywhere. Welcome to this week's episode of Marriage and Family Clinic. This is the radio broadcast where we break down and discuss every relationship in your marriages, in your families. We want to help you put them together, help you perfect them, help you bring them back together, get them where God sees them. Welcome once again. You're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. You may even be listening to us at www.christianbroadcastingcompany.com. This is Marriage and Family Clinic. Well, I'm broadcasting live this week all the way from Okinawa, Japan, attending the Japan Church of God in Christ Jurisdictional Women's Convention and Annual Holy Convocation. Uh, so glad to be here and joined by some of our faithful workers. Uh, I want to introduce to you and present to you my special guest on this evening. We have Bishop Vincent Matthews, who is our president of the Church of God in Christ International Missions Department. We also have Mother Regina Shepherd, who's our jurisdictional supervisor of women here in Japan, and Evangelist Leah Sledge, our assistant jurisdictional women supervisor. And we have Superintendent L. Shepherd. Now, the thing that all of these folks have in common is not only are there soldiers in the army of the Lord, not only are they dedicated, uh, committed workers in the Lord's vineyard here in Japan, but they're all professional educators. And the subject of our discussion this evening is going to be the state of public education in the United States of America. And between all of these folks, we probably have better than 100 years' experience in the educational field. So uh, not only am I honored to have them working with me as the prelate of the Japan Kojic jurisdiction, but I'm also honored to know them as professionals working in the educational field. And so we're going to carry on this discussion, the state of education in the United States of America. And I wanted to encourage you, enlighten you, and hopefully challenge you uh, the listener this evening to uh, really take another look at your involvement in public education. So uh, again, welcome to each and every one of you on this evening, and go ahead and just say hello to everyone. Hello. Praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. So good to have everyone. Now, as I stated already, uh, the subject this evening is the state of public education in the United States of America. And as professional educators, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you hear me say that the topic of discussion is the state of education in the United States of America? Evangelist uh, uh, Slage, what's the first thing that comes to your mind? In all truth and honesty, help, Lord. That's the first thing that comes to my mind. I've been in education for 25 years, and the challenges that teachers are having in the classroom is something that worries me that education is not able to be as effective as it is designed to be. We are supposed to be teaching. We are supposed to be training, instructing, imparting knowledge to the future generations, but there's a challenge in the classroom from the students, from administration, from the parents, that there's more behavioral issues going mm -hmm. on to be dealt with rather than actual education of the content area. Wow. 
Wow, what a thought. And uh, Mother Shepherd, you, you just recently retired uh, from uh, teaching. After how many years did you teach? 40 years. After 40 years. So you ought to definitely have some uh, worthwhile information for us to participate in. If, you, if you're familiar with the comments from Evangelist Sledge, what would you add to that and even elaborate on uh, the particular challenges that you faced uh, while working as a professional educator? Well, um, I did retire, but I did re-enter into the public school system um, right after I retired. And what I found in the public school system was high-stakes testing and not a lot of time to embrace the whole child, but spending more time with high-stakes testing, testing that we had to do, testing that we had to teach the children to the test, and not a lot of time in the classroom to embrace the whole child, not a lot of time to do things that were developmentally appropriate. Wow. Now, I heard the term whole child twice. What does that mean? That means to be able to look at um, their um, physical development, their emotional development, uh, their family life, their uh, relationships with others, not looking at the academic child, but looking at the other side of the child. Mm -hmm. So what I hear you saying is that education is a, a, a whole person endeavor. None of the individual's development should be left out of the education process, the education effort. Is that correct? Absolutely. Wow, that's awesome. And what would you add to that, Superintendent Shepard? You recently retired also. How are you liking this retirement life? Loving it. <laughs> <laughs> what I would add to that, um, parental involvement, mm -hmm. community involvement, public financing. Mm -hmm. um, without those, the school system is going to suffer. And we talk about things like uh, uh, discipline issues and so mm -hmm. forth. Um, you have to have funding to have people available, counselors available, um, educators, medical staff available to help children, um, have parents involved in the education process uh, to ensure that the children are receiving, as you stated earlier, um, whole. They need to be mm -hmm. uh, mentally, physically, emotionally mm -hmm. uh, cared for in the educational system. And financing is, is vital to ensuring that this takes place mm -hmm. in our public school systems. Okay. Well, awesome. Now, I've heard on a couple of occasions interviews and radio shows in which the person speaking uh, described a service in the school that included uh, a wide array of counseling services. And I can see where a wide array of counseling services could be valuable. But, Superintendent Shepard, you just mentioned a key factor, the funding. And these folks almost make it seem like we need a counselor per student, a one-to-one -one ratio almost. And what I'm hearing, is it really feasible that we would have this wide array of counseling services to provide to children in schools? Is, is this really a feasible endeavor? What, 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 how do I make sense out of that, any one of them? There needs to be enough man hours in order to handle the clientele that we have now in the schools. Uh, generally, when you get um, someone that is um, in the school system as a counselor, they have enough hours for X number of children. 
and we don't have enough man hours in the schools to handle mm -hmm. the clientele that we have that need that expertise. Mm -hmm. And so it will come down to the amount of dollars. And now are we getting into why this school district is better than that school district, why you prefer that school over this school, maybe because the folks in that area pay more taxes and then the folks in this area, and that plays trickles all the way down to the quality of education. Is that a, 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 a worthwhile statement there or a worthwhile conclusion, do you think? That's some of it. That's some of it. Money answereth all things, mm -hmm. and that's a good place to start. But even before we get to the funding we have to really go in and analyze why is there the need for all of these counseling services? Why do we have so many children and young people that need one-on-one -on -one attention? Mm. And so there's a build-up. And part of it is I teach 7 to 12. There's an expectation when these young people get to me that there are certain qualities that they're supposed to have, certain characteristics that were already supposed to be done, but it's not being done. So when they get to me at the high school level, there's some needs that still need to be fulfilled academically, educationally, behaviorally, emotionally, mentally, that our students aren't ready for. And because they're not ready, they act out on certain behaviors. There are a lot of things that they are not taught so when they come to me at this level, we have to do a whole lot of backtracking. So if we can catch some things beforehand, but the reality is, oh, Jesus, is that the first education is at home. All right. Avenger Sledge is feeling that. <laughs> I wish the folks listening could see. <laughs> She's feeling that. And I know you actually took the words right out of my mouth because, believe me, I'm getting there. But come on, Mother Shepherd. <laughs> so, um, Evangelist Sledge was saying that she gets them at grade seven. seven and up. Well, I'm an early childhood professional, and I get them generally at age four or five. Mm -hmm. And we come back to the same issues that she has when she gets them at, at seventh grade is because when we get them at age four and five, the issues that they have come from parenting issues. Mm -hmm. mm. Parenting issues. So if we talk about funding, we definitely need more funding in the schools, but we wouldn't need more funding in the schools if we could sink, uh, sink more funding into parenting classes so that the parents can effectively parent their children mm -hmm so that when we do get them in the school, we can focus on academics and the fun things yeah. that are developmentally appropriate and not so much on the emotional the, and the mental. Wow, that's awesome. Listen, we're going to come back to that, but I want to bring Bishop uh, uh, Matthews in here. Bishop Matthews, as the president of our uh, missions department for the Church of God in Christ. He's a worldwide traveler. He's been to a lot of places in the world. He's actually lived in South Africa. Uh, so I know that he's had an opportunity to observe other educational systems around the world. So Bishop Matthews, my question to you would be, how would you compare and contrast 
uh, what you've observed in public education in the United States of America and other educational systems around the world? What would you see? That's a great question, um, and this conversation that we're having is very important. Um, one challenge that I know is that, as you mentioned, we lived in South Africa, my wife and I, for 12 years. Mm -hmm. And I worked, I, I volunteered in schools while in South Africa. In a public school in South Africa, the teacher-student ratio is 1 to 60, 1 to 70. But they have much less behavioral problems than they have in a 1 to 35 classroom in the United States. Now, children are not learning necessarily, but there's less behavioral problems um, because, as it was mentioned, biblically even, that the first educators are parents and the school is supposed to come alongside mm -hmm. um, uh, the parents to help continue the education of a child. Um, and, and we have, I think a word that comes to my mind in America and it's spreading around the world is not necessarily education, but indoctrination. That's just something I want to throw in here also. And that there's a lot of other things. And sexuality is being taught in early childhood, um, um, which, which has caused gender dysphoria. You have a yeah. lot of children who have gender dysphoria all confused on what their gender and their sexuality, sexuality is before they even know uh, who they are as individuals. I thought I was Superman at, at five years old. And if somebody had affirmed that, I probably would have been running and jumping through windows. Yeah. And so I think it's a, it's a huge challenge. So what we did... Um, and we have done in South Africa is with our churches, as we plant churches, to plant schools also. And so in my church, we have a K through 12 school. Um, when we moved back to America, we opted out of the school system and homeschool um, just because of a lot of the challenges that we're faced because we see our children as kind of being in a uh, greenhouse. Right. And once they grow strong, then we can pop them into the world and be able to be able to survive in the world. So I think the disciplinary problem, the United States continues to go down in education primarily because of the disciplinary problems, different expectations, and different things that have been brought to the educational system that we see around the world. Wow. Yes, sir. That's an awesome thought. Uh, I'm baffled that I would hear you say that there are less disciplinary problems in a 1, one to, to 60 ratio yes, rather than a 1 to 20 ratio. Yes, sir. That's mind-boggling. It is. That 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 is mind boggling. An infusion of psychotropic drugs. Yeah. The the kindergarten to prison pipeline. The I mean, just the fact that if children are not reading by was it grade four? Um, they're more predisposed to go to prison, sure. but still, the materialism, the materialistic perspective of having yeah. is not about poverty. I mean, you have children with Air Jordans on and all yeah. kinds of jerseys, but they can't read. Right. And so they get to high school, they can't read, they're acting out, but they want to be the thug, they want to be Beyonce. Right. Those are huge, those are very huge social issues yeah. that permeate yeah. the, the issue. Yeah. So we've got a social setting. What I'm hearing is that we have a social setting uh, that's not necessarily conducive mm -hmm. to the education process, the education effort, uh, the purpose of education altogether. We have a social construct mm -hmm. that's not that's working at odds and not really in tandem with. Does that sound accurate to you, Superintendent Shepard? Yes, it does. It really does. Parental involvement, um, we've noticed over the years, have really... Um, cause a great deal of the problems that we have in the school system, causing it necessary to have more counselors and more people available to deal with the uh, social issues um, within the school systems. Um, I'm sure 
that you have in South Africa more parental involvement, which does um, lead to less issues mm -hmm. with behavioral problems. Mm -hmm. um, maybe we need to observe a little bit more of what they're doing to ensure that their students are in a safer environment, mm -hmm. in educational environment, uh, uh, and with less issues. Yeah that we face today. You know, one thing I can add on to this part of the discussion is that for a whole lot of years, right here in Okinawa, Japan, uh, my professional employment, I was the school liaison officer. Mm -hmm. And it was one thing that I appreciated about the military community was that uh, the school was able to call us at the base level and nearly compel the participation of a parent. I have literally called a father <laughs> who is in a literal war zone in Iraq yeah. and said, your child is acting up in school. Mm. And that sounds far-fetched, that sounds far out there, but it had its effect. Mm. It had its effect. So being able to directly engage parents, that did have a dividend. There yeah. was a dividend, yes. a good payoff. Mm -hmm. You know. Yeah. All right. Hey, listen, folks, you're listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial here in Hampton Roads. You're also listening to us on www.christianbroadcasting.com. Hey, as always, I need to hear from you. Email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Inbox me on Facebook. You can find me at Bishop Carl Hodges. You can also replay these recordings on iTunes. Look me up, Bishop Carl Hodges. I need to hear from you. Let me know if we're knocking on your door. Let me know if we're wasting time. I just need to hear from you. All right. So we are talking about the state of public education in the United States of America. And thus far, I'm gathering that the state is rather poorly uh, constructed. And we've got some issues going on here. Uh, when, it comes to, when it comes to parental involvement, what, what are some main challenges to parents being more involved in their children's educational experience? I don't necessarily know that particular answer, but one of the things is understanding what it means to parent because that is a good place to start because just because you're able to produce children does not necessarily mean that you're able to parent them. And so at my level, I have a lot of parents who were young when they had their children. So by the time they get to me, they're 18 and 20 years older than their parents and still wanting to be their friends. I have a young man that I've had in my program for five years. He's getting ready to be a senior. And dad wants to hang out and play video games with him more than he wants to sit down and do his homework with him. So it's these types of challenges about parents wanting to be their friends and wanting to hang out and do things with them on the social side mm -hmm. rather than setting them up for their future academic, educational, professional lifestyle. Mm -hmm. they, they, they look at a lot of things with their children in terms of the now not necessarily for where they're going to be in 15 or 20 mm -hmm. years. Right. So that part of the understanding the parent mm -hmm. role in the child's education as well as in the child's life is part of the challenges with 
where children are able to be at in order to be able to go forward. Mm -hmm. How can I go and how can I grow if I don't have somebody encouraging me, if I don't have somebody pushing me, if I don't have somebody showing me the way? So, for example, if mom or dad is comfortable at the factory level job and this is what it is, and don't get me wrong, provide for your family to the mm -hmm. best of your ability. But is there a community center class that you can take? Can you go take a, can mm -hmm. you finish a GED or finish something in order for your child to be able to say, well, mom and dad did it. I can do it and do it better. I can go to the mm -hmm. next place. Where is that push? Where is that design? And so when I think about, even as we're talking about the schools in other countries and the schools in South Africa, parents are saying, let me push you so that you can get out of here, so that you can go to the next place, mm -hmm. so that you can help, because they're going to reach back and say, hey, let's, a let's bring the whole village out. It's not just about the one. It's about everybody involved. When you look at the educational systems in other countries, they're looking at it. You know, I look at my students and I talk to them about, you are my future doctor lawyers bankers, I need you to be educated because you're going to have to take care of me in 35 years. I need you to know what you need to know. I'm not getting ready to just give you an A and pass you just so that I can get you out of my class because there's too many of you all to deal with. No, I'm going to educate. And so as parents, there, that mentality shift in order to get students to this place. Mm -hmm. Well, awesome, awesome. And Mother Shepherd, you, in your 41 years of education experience, professional educator, uh, I'm sure that you've seen some problem parents. What were some of the fixes that you wish you could have instituted in those families? Well, I had the opportunity to teach in both realms. There's the Department of Defense realm where you mm -hmm. have children who are the dependents of uh, active duty military. Mm -hmm. um, that means that somebody in the family has a full-time job. Yeah. And then I've had the opportunity to teach on the other, on the other spectrum where um, both parents might have to have full-time mm -hmm. jobs. Uh, some of them have to have uh, full-time jobs and then a part-time job. Mm -hmm. So the, parent, the parenting was more absenteeism parenting mm -hmm. where they didn't have the opportunity to parent because they needed to provide the, mm -hmm. uh, a right. roof over their head. Right. And so the fixes are uh, still goes back to educating parents. Mm -hmm. uh, we have some that um, that just need somebody there to teach them the mm -hmm. principles of parenting, mm -hmm. uh, be it whether you have a full-time job, uh, the, the husband has a full-time job, the mother has a full-time job, and the other spouse has, you know, is at home, mm -hmm. or both of you are gone because you're both working. Somebody needs to be there. There needs to be a place, mm -hmm. uh, uh, prayerfully, in the community where mm -hmm. children can, can have parents that are able to attend classes, right. parenting classes. Right. Now, Mother Shepard, do you realize that you're attacking the entire social construct of the Western world. Absolutely. You, you do realize that, that that didn't escape you. You, <laughs> you do realize that you're saying uh, someone's going to interpret your comments to mean we ought to set the clock back 40 years. Absolutely. You do realize that. I just wanted to can make I, sure. Can I add to that, though? Yes, absolutely. Um, yeah, since you, since you said that, I'm sitting listening to what she's saying. It resonates because, A, 
first of all, we don't necessarily need two incomes. Mm-hmm. Oftentimes, those two incomes is based on the greed that we have mm-hmm. for trying to keep mm-hmm. up with other individuals. Mm-hmm. And the fundamental principle is that children are seen as a liability and not as an asset. Mm-hmm. And so if they're just somebody who's in the way, that's in the way of me getting what I need to have, then, of course, I'm going to be all, I'm going to be so busy. High achievers neglect their children by doing such a thing. So I think wow. what she's saying is not setting us back, but it's mm-hmm. setting us, helping us to move forward. Sure. And in addition to that, um, I think it's important, as she mentioned, parenting classes, I think we would be remiss if we didn't mention that um, parenting classes have been provided by the church yeah. um, for a long time. Mm-hmm. There is a direct correlation through Harvard, Yale, mm-hmm. Baylor, mm-hmm. Uh, many other universities that if a child is in a worship service, they say synagogue, mosque, or yeah. church, four times yeah. out of the month, they're 70% less likely to be involved in antisocial behavior. Wow. The, the the inverse proportion that children who are not no longer going to church mm-hmm. and all of these issues that we have is because they're being pulled out of mm-hmm. church or not being brought to church. Right. And so if they're involved in the church, they receive a moral a moral yeah. compass, yeah. Um, even if they're not born again, but they, they recognize who they are and they're not a God mm-hmm. as unto themselves. Mm-hmm. So I think it'd be what well, we would be well uh, served if we mm-hmm. begin to look, especially at early children, once they're mm-hmm. school age, and if somebody can be at, you know, once the children are in school, they can go to work and come back and mm-hmm. be there when they're at to work with the homework and right, things of that right, sort. Right. Not that don't mean they never can work, mm-hmm. but especially in those early formative years mm-hmm. where they're shipped off to daycare at two weeks old, mm-hmm. and and you're mm-hmm. subcontracting your parenting duties, mm-hmm. you don't know what you're gonna get, yeah. Yeah. and you're in trouble. So there has to be a sacrifice mm-hmm. by someone. This is why. Deuteronomy 6 was so important that Jesus, I mean, that the Lord said the key verse, uh, that you love Lord God with all your heart, soul, and mind. You can't give your children what you don't have, but that you teach them when you wake, teach when you it. go, and, and, and go, um, going down the street where, wherever you go. So it's so very important that we do that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I just want to add to that because the supervisor is hot and the assistant supervisor just got me all, yeah. So, yeah. That's so no, I, I really appreciate and And what you're doing, you actually uh, when I was pastoring the church here on Okinawa, uh, what you're saying was so important, so critical to me, that one night of the week, I had special time set aside to instruct on the family mm-hmm. and on child rearing. We took one night of the week and we worked on family finances. We took one night of the week and we worked on our health. And I think that was with uh, what you said earlier in Mind, Mother Shepherd, the whole person concept. Uh, it's important to be saved, to be born again, to be washed in the blood of Jesus, to be saved and ready to spend eternity with God. But we're going to be down here for a while. Right. And there's some certain knowledge is required to uh, live a victorious life down here. And, and, and Brother Shepherd, I want to address something to you and, and get your perspective on this. And while I was doing that, there, there was some, a realization that came to me, and that was a part of the enemy's strategy. Uh. And us gathered at this table right here, we do believe that there is a spiritual undercurrent to this whole thing. And a part of the energy, enemy's strategy is to marshal forces to subtly attack three institutions that God gave us, the church, the family, 
and marriage. I got yeah. my class today. Now, did, did you? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you my whole class. And, and, that's, and that's what I've told for years. He, he's marked that, and those are the three institutions that God gave us. God didn't give us big business. That's right. There's some stuff in his word that we can use for that. But he gave us the church, he gave us the family, and he gave us marriage. And when we can work those out, we have a well-supported, well-founded society. But break down those three pillars, and you can cause the society to fall. What do you think about that, Brother Shepard? I was sitting here thinking about the, the military communities overseas. If we look at the fact that everyone over here has a job. Everyone over here has a home to live in. No one's trying to outdo anyone else with a bigger house because all the houses are basically the same <laughs> based on the number of children that you have. You yeah. have more than five, you, you may have a four-bedroom house, then you may have a three-bedroom house. But nevertheless, everyone knows they have um, a, a social system that's set up that will provide for them. Um, Therefore, we have less issues, if you'll notice, in the military mm -hmm. communities and the military schools with our children as far as discipline because mm -hmm. you do have more parental involvement. You have employment, and no one's trying to, to mm -hmm. outdo the Joneses mm -hmm. other than on their military ranks. Um, and so children then, the focus on children um, is, is more focused, and we get better results mm -hmm. uh, in the educational system with our young mm -hmm. people. Uh, perhaps in America, if we would start looking at that, mm -hmm. um, we talk about the church, for instance, uh, uh, things like Sunday school, which was very important when I was coming up as a kid, uh, school period, uh, it's not important anymore for people. We're not teaching our children at home, and unfortunately, um, those who do send their children to church want the church to do what the parents should have been doing mm. at home. Mm -hmm. we, we can't do on a Sunday, one Sunday, what parents have all week to do. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And so uh, we need to look at that as our society. We need to get, mm -hmm. go back to focusing on the family. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, you know, I, I am so tempted to continue. Yeah. Uh, we're out of time. Wow. Our 30 minutes are gone. And I can see the disappointment on your face because yeah. I'm disappointed myself. Uh, listening, you've been listening to us on WGPL 1350 on your AM dial. We are out of time. This has been Marriage and Family Clinic. I want to thank my special guest for being with us on today. Uh, uh, and, you know, I, I just think that we're going to have to continue this one way or another. We're going to have to continue this. But I want to leave you with this much just for a quick recap. Some challenges that we deal with where the state of uh, public education in the United States of America is concerned. We've got developmental children that seriously challenge and tax the educational system. We lack parental involvement and we lack parental modeling uh, uh, in the lives of our young children. And funding is ever so important, but funding is not the key that some people think it is. We need the money, but we need the home even more than we yes. need the money. Yeah. Uh, another challenge is our overall Western social construct that is not conducive. The social construct of meism is not conducive to the educational effort. And then uh, we got to deal with this indoctrination versus education. I just want to submit that for a recap. And listen, you've been listening to us on 1350 WGPL, uh, uh, 1350 on your AM dial. 
uh, and we want you to reach out to us. Email me, cdhodges at hotmail.com. Uh, inbox me on Facebook, Bishop Carl Hodges. If you want to hear this again, look me up on iTunes, Bishop Carl Hodges. You can hear it again. Hey, but we're out of time. So glad that you were able to join us. Look forward to part two. Until then, we're going to be out. And remember, you can't have peace without surrendering your life to the Prince of Peace. Amen. God bless you. We're out.